You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. Well, Merry Christmas and good morning to you all. I hope this finds you in your homes uh, and with your loved ones just having a wonderful day and uh, wherever you are, I hope this finds you blessed and well. Um, we'll miss being with you uh, today, miss being together today, um, but I'm excited uh, about this word, and I, I hope and pray that, that it finds you and that you're able to listen to it at some point before the new year. Um, just, uh, just profound, the things that the Lord has said, but I hope, first of all, that you are having a wonderful and a merry Christmas. I just pray blessing over each and every one of you and that this would find you well. There has been a theme, jumping right into this, there's been a theme over the last few weeks, church, that I don't know that we've picked up on. Melissa spoke last week of believing fully over our kids. She spoke of the direction her ministry is going, and it was really a call upon us to begin to partner alongside her in this belief over our children. And that's not the children that you're related to. That's not the children that simply just come to this church. That is the children of this community in their entirety. The children that would find themselves here in Sundown, Texas for any period of time that we, this church, this house, this, these people of God would believe over them that which the Lord has set over them and that which the Lord has said to be true about them. Believing in the big and miraculous things, believing that they have the same capabilities through the Holy Spirit that we as adults have, that they have the same power of Jesus who was empowered by the Holy Spirit and that the same Spirit that Jesus received our children may receive in kind. And they may model the kingdom of heaven. They may model the heart of God to our community from the mouth of babes could come and will come in Sundown Texas revelation, prophecy, and provision in Jesus' name. And this is what Melissa talked to us about last week. Matthew 16, 19 says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. But how can we do this over our kids? This is a profound and powerful thing. Do you not realize that the keys to the kingdom of heaven have been given to us? The people and children of God empowered by the Spirit now having access through the blood of Jesus Christ that we may bind on earth and it will be bound in heaven. And we may release upon the earth the power and authority of heaven. And heaven will be released as the children of God speak it into existence. But how can we do this over our kids? As Melissa was speaking of last week. How can we do this over our kids? If we ourselves have not fully given ourselves, our lives, our hearts over to Him in fullness. If we have not given ourselves completely to God the Father, God the Son, And God the Holy Spirit. This is what we talked about two weeks ago. Three weeks ago now. We want all of God. We don't want Him to withhold anything from us. While at the same time only giving Him a part of ourselves. Not the fullness of our hearts. But only a piece of our heart. A piece of our life. And that is simply not possible church. To receive all that He has. And all that He's given while only giving Him a piece of yourself. That is not possible. 
If you have not given Him all of yourself, there is no room to receive all that He is. And if we give in part, you must know that you will also receive in part. And in this place of giving and receiving in part, in this place, we can only believe in part over our kids. You need to hear this. If you are only giving yourself in part to God, then you will only receive in part from Him what you are capable of receiving, what there's room for in your life. And in that place, you cannot believe in the fullness over the children of this community. It's not possible. You can't give away what you will not receive. And if you have not received the fullness of who you are, you cannot believe in the fullness of who they are. My children will be directly impacted by my belief. And they will also hear this church. They will also be directly impacted by my unbelief. My belief and my my unbelief will impact my children. And they will surrender to the Lord the model which has been demonstrated to them by me, their earthly father. I am to be... We are to be as parents the first glimpse of Jesus that they see. But will they see him in part or will they see him in his fullness, in his entirety? That choice is mine. That choice is yours. It is in our hands what they will see. Will they see, will the children of Sundown, Texas, the children that find themselves in this city, I don't care where they're from. I don't care where they're from, if they're from Post, Ropes, New home. I don't care where they come from. If they find themselves in this community, if these children from all over find themselves here, what will they encounter? Will they see a people of hope in sundown Texas or a people of despair? Church, we don't need any more hopelessness in the world, but it exists in such great amounts. And it is often found in the people of God. Why is hopelessness often found in the people of God? Of all people that should walk in hope, no matter what the circumstance, no matter what the situation, no matter what the day brings, we should be those people who walk in hope, steadfast, unwavering hope. But so oftentimes we pick up hopelessness. Why is that? We're going to look at that today. Why is that? Well, what I believed to be true and what I've observed in this community, in my own life, and in the lives of people around me, what I've observed is the reason it's simply self-preservation, which is an attribute of the flesh. You have to understand that our flesh is only concerned with our survival. And that makes complete sense. That's, that's a... That's just an evolutionary nature of of living organisms, living beings. We desire to continue living. So self-preservation naturally comes into effect. What has fear so oftentimes prevented you from doing? Things that you thought could hurt you, could harm you. Fear is that defense mechanism to keep you from jumping off the cliff into this Lake 60 feet below. Fear is, is, is the thing that prevents you from driving too fast in a vehicle or, or going bungee jumping or some of those things. It's all designed to keep us alive and keep us safe. It's self-preservation. 
And it's good in most instances, but it is detrimental when we begin to process the things of God through the flesh because the things of God will always look dangerous to the flesh. And the flesh will always act against the things of God because they are uncertain. They are not the world's ways in the fleshes of the world. They will always seem uncertain. They're not uncertain to the Spirit. They're uncertain to the flesh. And when we subscribe to the flesh and allow it to guide and direct our path, we will always find God to be too dangerous to participate with. And unfortunately, what ends up happening is in that place, we'll pick up hopelessness. Let's look at this further. We are too quick, church, to forget whose we are who we belong to in the things of God and the things that He's spoken over us. Let's read. In 1 Corinthians 6, 19, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price, so glorify God with your body. Ephesians 2, verse 10, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And then Acts. Chapter 1, verse 7. And Jesus said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by His own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. You will receive power. What power? Church, we talked about it last week. We sang a song called Resurrection Power. We have received. If we've received the Holy Spirit in our lives, we have received resurrection power. What kind of power is that, church? We are to be filled with this power that only knows victory over death. The one thing that the flesh is trying to prevent from happening in your story. That's why you don't go bungee jumping. There's a natural instinct that says probably don't do that. At least there is for me. I know there's some people out there that think it's a good time, but jumping off a cliff with Velcro strapped and a stretchy string to your ankles and hoping it doesn't break doesn't sound like a good Saturday afternoon. Doesn't sound like time well spent for me. Sounds terrifying and counterproductive. But church, we are filled with resurrection power and that power only knows victory over death. And it has been given to us freely. But we are quick to forget. We are too quick to forget. Let me turn now to Romans verse 8. Sorry, I forgot to mark this scripture. Romans 8, verse 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare His Son, but gave Him up for us all, how will He not also with Him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn Christ Jesus, the one who died, more than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, 
who indeed is interceding for us, who shall separate us from the love of Christ, shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword. As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. We are too quick to forget this, church. We are too quick to forget this passage, the promise that is set over us. We are too quick to forget that the Son of God, He who went into Sheol and pulled the prophets out of Sheol and took them to heaven, who conquered death, who three days later rose from the grave, rolled away the stone, and walked amongst us again after being crucified, who defeated death, He who defeated death, now intercedes for us. That's powerful. We need not forget this, church. This is the God that we serve. And this is your identity within that God. This is your identity within that God. Do you know it to be true? He has set us at the top of the mountain of victory to live our lives out of reach from anything that would not be from God and of God. Everything that is not of His heart or from His kingdom has no power over us any longer. We are children of victory. We have been born into the days of victory. We know nothing but victory. We are meant to know nothing but victory. So will this be us in the year 2023? Before we enter into this season, before we enter into this brand new year, as we close out 2022, will we be able to close out this year and enter the new one completely and totally believing and receiving all that God has spoken over this house, over the people that fill it, over this community, and over the people who dwell here? Or will we be quick to forget and quick to pick up hopelessness again? Turn with me to Numbers 13. Now, there's a lot of Scripture here, so just hang on with me. We're going to be jumping around a little bit. I'll be announcing these Scriptures. If, uh, if you need to read it, just pause the video. Pause it, listen to it again. Or go through this, and this recording will be posted online as well. So you'll be able to come back and listen to it again. So just hang with me the best you can. Don't get worried if you get behind or, or miss a scripture. Um, there's options. You'll be able to go back and listen to this uh, just fine. But we'll start in Numbers 13, and we'll start with verse 1. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan which I am giving to the people of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers you shall send a man, everyone a chief among them. So Moses sent them from the wilderness of Paran, according to the command of the Lord, all of them men who were heads of the people of Israel. 
And now the rest of this, we're going to skip for obvious reasons because there's lots of names and a lot of places that I can't pronounce. And instead of making you suffer through that, just know that he talks about all the people that are going on this spy mission. Okay? So there they are. Verse 17. Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, Go up into, sorry, go up into the Negeb and go up into the hill country and see what the land is and whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, whether they are few or many, and whether the land that they dwell in is good or bad, and whether the cities that they dwell in are camps or strongholds, and whether the land is rich or poor, and whether there are trees in it or not. Be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the season of the first ripe of grapes. Verse 25. At the end of the forty days they returned from spying out the land. And they came to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the people of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him, We came to the land to which you sent us. It flows with milk and honey. And this is its fruits. However, the people who dwell in the land are strong and the cities are fortified and very large. And besides, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of Negeb. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites dwell in the hill country. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea along the Jordan. Church, you should know this. We know this. If you've grown up in church, you've heard of all of these places. And you've heard of every single one of these places from the context of them coming against the Israelites. These This land that the Lord has promised, the promised land He's promised to give them, is filled with their enemies. I think it's ironic, and I think that's important. Let's keep reading. But Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. Praise God for the faith of Caleb. Then the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are. So they brought to the people of Israel a bad report of the land that they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone to spy out is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people we saw in it are of great height. And there we saw the Nephilim, the sons of Anak, who come from the Nephilim, And we seemed to ourselves like grasshoppers, and so we seemed to them. Then all the congregation raised a loud cry, and the people wept that night. And all of the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The whole congregation said to them, Would that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would that we had died in this wilderness, Why is the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will become a prey. Would it not be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to one another, let us choose a leader 
and go back to Egypt. Church, how long did it take them? Again, we've talked about the Israelites coming out of Egypt. We've talked about the promises, the things the Lord demonstrated to them with the plagues, the passing over of the angel of death. They have seen this and then they come to the water. They come where there is no path and there's an army at their backs and what do they immediately turn to? They immediately turn away from God and turn back to slavery. It would be better for me to go there. The first sign of adversity, the first sign of difficulty, they forget the promises of God that He has spoken over them. They forget the power of God that He has put on display for them. And they turn. And they turn back to a life of slavery and hopelessness. Because it was what is comfortable to them at the time. They were looking at it from a point of view of self-preservation. But what did God do? He parted the sea. He made a path where there was no path. And not only did He part the sea that they would walk upon dry ground, He also crushed the army that pursued them. He destroyed a nation's army and king for coming after His people. He destroyed the circumstance. We've talked about this before, but what did it require? It simply required them to move forward. That's what God commanded them to do. When they came upon the Red Sea, what did He say? Move forward. Stop talking to me. I've already commanded you what you need to do. Move forward. They had to move forward into the provision for which God had set before them. If He goes before you, and He is behind you and all around you, what do you think He's doing before you? He's preparing the way. He's setting up blessing and provision for you along the way to give you everything you need in abundance as you walk along the path that He has set for you. They forgot the promises spoken over them. They forgot the miraculous nature and power of God that they have been witnessing up to this point. They forgot that He made a path through the seas where there was no path. That He has to this point destroyed armies and nations for them. And they chose that which was easier to return to. Slavery. Church, will that be our testimony? Will that be the testimony of this house? Will we be those who have heard from the Father, who have witnessed His promises over our city, who have witnessed His power put on display, but at the first sight of uncertainty, we pick back up hopelessness and forget the promises of our Father? Will that be this house? Because I'm telling you right now, I look upon this small city and I see it running rampant. Hopelessness has infected our hearts and our homes. It has infected communities. Not just sundown. Communities all over. It has infected them. Hopelessness. And there is hopelessness in sundown that it can be anything more than it is right now. But God has spoken. And what God has spoken is to make this community more than it is right now. Has He not? 
Remember the promises of God. Just in the last year, remember the the promises of God that He has spoken over our cities and over the people in it. They cannot, and if you look at it logically, they can absolutely not stay the way they are right now and fulfill the promises of God. Things have to change. Things will naturally grow. The Lord is going to do miraculous things. He who has said, if I am for you, who can be against you? He has made promises to us, church. And He is for us. He is for you. And I know, I know, more than most, how uncertain the future seems. But our God is not a God of uncertainty. He is certain. Amen. He is steadfast. His promises are not empty. And He has given us this city. Sundown, Texas is our promised land. He has given it to us. Will we flee from it? Refuse to claim our birthright, this promised land He has established us in. Will we refuse to claim it? Because we see some adversity in the road ahead. Because we see giants that make us look like grasshoppers. It is not ours to do. It is His to do. It is simply ours to be obedient to. He has simply asked us to move forward. And He will wipe out that which stands against us before we even come to it. Amen? Because He goes before us and propels us from behind. He pushes us forward as He goes before us and makes a way. He is making a way for us, church. Will we see that? His promises are not empty. And I know, again, there are difficult-looking days, difficult-looking days ahead. Things we are not sure how they can change. Things about our city and our lives, we're just not sure how they can change, when they'll change, if it's even possible to change. But God has spoken. He has spoken over the city and its people. He has spoken of the days filled with the glory, prosperity, and the kingdom in sundown Texas. And we, church, will stand in agreement with Him. As we finish this year and begin a new one, Let us be those who put on hope and are not quick to forget the promises of God. Let us not be those who see the days ahead and see what looks to be giants that would stand against us. Let us not be those that would look at these giants and begin to fear and begin to flee and begin to so quickly turn back to slavery and bondage and hopelessness. Remember whose you are. Remember that it is not you that has spoken promises over sundown. It is God. And He is always faithful. He does more than we can ever see and comprehend and He goes before us. Amen. 
So let us be encouraged. Let us be of good cheer. It does not matter what giant stands in my way. By the time I reach him, he will be dead in the dirt. He will be destroyed. He will be bound. And he will be sent back to to where he came from. He will be out of my way. Off of our path. And we will be able to continue on. Marching forward into the promised land and the promises and provision of God. If, again, we are quick to remember what He has already done and what He has spoken over our future, we must be quick to remember. And we must be those that at the first sign of uncertainty, we do not pick up hopelessness again, as the Israelites did. That was their promised land. Their promised land. And there was but one, Caleb, who had faith to move forward as they did through the Red Sea. I'm asking, church, that there will not just be one with faith to move forward, but we all collectively together will move forward in faith knowing that He who has called us has not led us here to abandon us now. He has not brought you this far to abandon you in this day. He has more for you. He is still going before you. And if He is still going before you, there is still a path for you to walk. There is still provision for your story. There is still blessing in your days. And you are still meant and anointed to establish the kingdom of heaven in our city. But first, put on hope and be quick to remember. Do not be quick to forget the promises of our God. For He is faithful, as we have seen time and time again. And the power that is ours to claim, the power that is for us, is a resurrection power that does not know the sting or defeat of death. It only knows victory over death. And death submits to the resurrection power that now dwells within our bodies through the Holy Spirit and the presence of God. He is for us. He is not against us. Let us operate with this mentality going forward that He is for us, not against us, and He has gone before us and made a way where there was no way. We have simply to move forward in obedience. Amen? With hopefulness, not hopelessness. Claim it over your families. Claim it over over your workplace. Claim it over your friends. Claim it over this city that the Lord will do exactly what He has set out to do. But also remember, you only get a part of Him if He only has a part of you. Not because He withholds anything from you, but because we are unable to receive the fullness of God if I am withholding the fullness of myself from Him. Give Him all that you are. He is the only thing that we truly have on this earth. He is the only thing that will never be taken away from us. He is the only certainty in each and every one of our days. More certain than the sun rising and the sun setting. More certain than the air and the breeze, the air and the wind. More certain than the grass growing and the trees blooming. He is more certain than life itself. So choose Him and give Him all of yourself. Give Him everything that you are. 
put on hope and remember the promises of God over our city. Lord, I pray for those listening and for those who will listen and for this city. I pray that we, those you have anointed to lead this city and establish the kingdom of heaven in it, I pray that we would put on hope and we would never take it off. That we would refuse that which is not of you. And we would recognize the promised land that you have set before us and it is ours to claim we have simply to go and take it. We have simply to go and occupy it. As Caleb said, facing the promised land for the Israelites, we simply need to go and take it. To consume it. To occupy the territory. But first, we must put on hope. First, we must not be those who turn so quickly back to slavery that you freed us from. But continue to move forward knowing that you have gone before us and you are making a way. We have simply to move forward in faith. Believing that you are who you say you are and you will continue to do what you said you will do because we have so much rich history and testimony behind us that proves that you are faithful. And I pray that all of us united would believe that you have not led us this far to abandon us now. Father God, we love you. We thank you for the year of 2022. We thank you for the promises seen and the promises given. We thank you for the year ahead. I pray that we would enter it rejoicing with glad and generous hearts, having all things in common, being devoted to you and to your purposes being devoted to establishing your kingdom. I pray that we would be united in such things, standing together, brother and sister, united by the bond and blood of Christ. We love you. We thank you. I pray safety over those traveling, over those returning, and over those going. We pray safety. We pray that we would return together next Sunday, getting to rejoice and celebrate the beginning of this new year. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we love you. We pray blessing over this house and blessing over this community and all in it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Y'all have a Merry Christmas. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.